You are listening to the Filming Life Podcast. I'm your host, Courtney Holmes, founder and lead educator at the Filming Life Academy, the largest online community of family filmmakers in the world, where I teach photographers how to switch over to video and create meaningful, story-driven films with confidence. Joining me is my co-host, Allison Redman, community leader for the Filming Life Academy and lead educator of our extremely popular sound design course. Together, we give you an inside look at what's happening inside the Filming Life Academy, along with tips and tricks that you can use right away to elevate your work as a filmmaker. If you're not already a member, but you want to be, you can sign up to the Academy over at FilmingLifeAcademy.com. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope you enjoy this episode. Hey, you guys, it's the GoPro episode. Thank you so much for listening. We're so excited to talk about this topic. Courtney here, and I've got Allison Redman with me and also Kylie Patel for this episode because all three of us use the GoPro and we thought it would be a really great idea to just come together and talk about this with you all. So, hey, Allison, how are you? How are you going? Hey, everybody. Kylie, I'm so glad you're here with us. Yay. Hi, Kylie. How are you? I'm good. I'm going well. Good, good, good. Everybody's uh, surviving through the coronavirus period at this present point in time. <laughs> Mostly. <laughs> surviving is a, is a relatively developing term every day. <laughs> <laughs> surviving in all kinds of different ways. Yeah. Um, so, Allison, what's been happening with you? How are you? I'm pretty good. Um, my kids are in summer school because our school district decided to just keep schooling going here. So, um, there's that. Um, but things are opening up a bit. My husband and I went on a date last night, which hasn't happened in like months. So we had a really yummy meal and that was super fun. Um, so yeah, it was nice to kind of feel a bit normal for a change, even though like I had a mask over anyway. Right. (laughs) (laughs) What about you? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I've been good. I've been good. Uh, we've been, you know, still building our house. Obviously, that's going to probably be a, a theme, common theme in all of these introductions over the next year. Um, <laughs> but you know, we have bricks down. That's really exciting. It's so much fun to see. Uh, so just, yeah, picking things out. Um, but most importantly, I've been working on all of the Academy content and I'm super close mm-hmm. to finishing up the uh, Foundations of Filmmaking course and um, moving on to other ones. And so that's going to be coming out really, really soon. So that's, that's awesome. really exciting. Kylie, how are you? What's happening over there? Oh, right. It's school holidays for us. Me and yes. Kylie. So yes. we've both had our kids home for the last week and a half. Ah, okay. Yeah. Just, um, you know, I'm trying to, I finally feel after you know, all the lockdown and then the readjustment period of things opening up again, I'm finally starting to feel like I'm can be productive again. So just mm-hmm. like, you know, making plans, getting some stuff done on the website and the back end stuff like that. And yeah. basically trying to stop my girls from like destroying the house. <laughs> How's that going for you? <laughs> Let me, tell you, let me tell you what, what we did this morning is <laughs> my husband sent the kids out with his shoes that were muddy and offered them money to clean them. That's how, that's how we kept them occupied. <laughs> oh, smart. I need to use that. Nice. I've got a six-year-old. She'd be up for that. Give them some water, $5. They're happy. They're very happy with that. So tip like for that. you guys out there. <laughs> I think I'm going to have to offer my kids some money to um, cull some of their toys because we're getting a new lounge um, on the weekend. And so we have to, it means we have to rearrange the lounge room and another lounge. And they've got like three toy boxes full of toys. And I swear they only play with like the top level of each toy box. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> if we can just condense that into one toy box, my life will be much easier. But, you know, yeah. trying to convince them to part with, toys is never mm. easy. So it's no. going to be either midnight bin runs or some money bribery, I think. <laughs> yeah. The, getting rid of the toys, that's a tricky thing. Always, <laughs> always. All right. Well, um, we have a question. We're going to start out with our podcast mailbag before we get into the GoPro talk. Um, we just have a few things to cover first. And so the podcast mailbag is basically questions that we get, we either will pull them from people on the Filming Life Network, questions that have been asked there, or emails that we get. If you have a question you want to send us, send it to Courtney at FilmingLifeAcademy.com and Mm -hmm. we can answer it for you here. 
uh, on the podcast. So yes. this one was actually a recent question that was asked in the Filming Life Network. And it's from Sarah Clayton. And she said, is anyone ordering the new Canon R5 or R6? They look pretty special. I've been considering moving to mirrorless. The price for the R5 is too much for me, but I was thinking about the R6. Might be nice to have the 4K 60 frames per second. Interested in others' thoughts. Um, so I thought I would probably answer this because, and, and probably ask Kylie a little bit too, because she's um, she shoots Canon as well. But um, <clears throat> For me personally, when I started to do a little bit of research last night on the R6, I realized that the specs are not really as great for video as they are on the R. So if I was choosing between the three mirrorless options for Canon, I personally still would, unless I had all the money in the world, <laughs> the R5 is amazing. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like that's an amazing camera for video, but is it really worth spending that much money on personally? I'm right. just, I'm not quite sure yet. Um, but I do know, and we talked about this in a previous episode, how much I love the R, the EOS R. Yeah. So um, when I was looking at the specs for the R6, the megapixels, it's like 10 megapixels less than the EOS R. And oh, it doesn't have the anti-aliasing option, which... Um, the EOS R does, which means that if you are, and this is one of those things that you'll probably learn if, if you're already a filmmaker, you probably already know this, but if you're new to filmmaking, if ever you are filming something and um, people are wearing stripes, like really thin stripes or jeans, right. it shows up in jeans. Sometimes I find out, find that it shows up in, um, like once it showed up in, I was filming out at a farm and there was like a gate and it just showed up there. Okay. So it's called when we were and we're not sure how to pronounce this exactly, but <laughs> more or more M O I R E. If you want to Google it and you can figure it out. Anyway, <laughs> the EOS R has an anti-aliasing effect, which kind of reduces that. And mm -hmm. the R6 does not, the R5 mm -hmm. does. So anyway, this is just my personal opinion is that the R6 is probably not as good as the R for video anyway. Mm -hmm. So I would be doing that unless I had heaps of money and I'd go the R5. Right, right. What do you think, Kylie? What are your thoughts on it? Um, yeah, I think if I was looking at it from purely a video perspective, mm. um, yeah, the R5 is definitely um, is definitely the one that I would pick. The R6 does have some pretty amazing features in terms of um, for shooting photos like it's got better low light capacity in terms of mm. your um iso sensitivity and things like that um i think it also because it runs the r6 runs off two sd cards whereas the r5 mm. is an sd and a cf express i think um right. i think the 6d would actually be quicker in terms of buffering and storing images and things um but yeah i think if i was to go for purely video, I would go with the R5 over the R6. Um, but having said that, I, I don't think, um, I don't think you'd be hard pressed to get away with getting what you have Courtney, the, the R, just the standard R, the first one that came out because it's a pretty good camera. Definitely. <laughs> um, I, mean, like, I actually have no interest in upgrading to the R5 at this point. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know. I feel like it, it would be nice, but I don't think it's worth the price point. I'm not using 4k anyway I don't care about 8k <laughs> at this stage yeah no exactly and exactly. I don't have issues with hand holding and stabilization so I, that's not a big thing for me um and uh, I mean the R is just I love it so yeah I, I don't know yeah I, I think that the thing that would sell it for me would be the stabilization in the R5 but as I say if you've you've been putting in the time and effort to really get good with your stabilization, you know, on your regular DSLR, mm -hmm. you know, that, that extra stabilization in the R5 might be a game changer for you. But yeah, I think, you know, I'm, I'm a bit old school and I think it's really good to master techniques, Yeah, <laughs> you know, yourself right. rather than rely on technology to kind of fudge you or mm -hmm. get you through. So yeah. But, and the biggest thing for me too, was if the new R5 is going to make it easier to switch between video and stills, then that would have been the thing that got me over the line, but it mm -hmm. doesn't. it's just the same as the R. You still have to go through the extra steps. 
um, it's easier to switch on the Mark IV than it is on any of the mirrorless. So yeah, right. that's not, that would be the only thing that would make me change. So yeah, yeah. I think the one other bonus to the R5 would be the dual and the R6 over the R is the dual card slots, which if yeah. you're a wedding photographer, that's kind of a, yeah, you mm. know, like a deal breaker, that's like have, right? you, you need to be shooting on two cards so yes. that you, in case one corrupts, but yeah. yeah, other than that. Yeah. I think um, if you got the cash, splash it. But if not, <laughs> splash it. I like that. <laughs> splash it around. Yeah. Nah. Speaking of splashing, shall we talk about GoPro? And uh, if you don't have one, this might be something you could put your money towards. We've had a lot of questions in the network and just the three of us in general about using a GoPro, what kind of GoPro settings to use. And so we thought we'd do an episode just devoted to the GoPro. Um, and we have all sorts of goodies that we want to talk about today about GoPros. We've all used them in both our client films and personal films, um, and kind of differently. So I'm eager to hear where we go with this. Um, but yeah, let's kind of dive in guys. Um, why do we, why do we, why would we use a GoPro? Um, Kylie, you want to, or Courtney, you want to start? I think Kylie, you're going to talk about something else a little bit later. Courtney, yeah. Why are you using a GoPro? I mean, well, personally, I would use a GoPro for, if we're talking like client session, mm-hmm. um, I mean, we can talk, I always talk like the two. So client session, yeah. if I was going to be using a GoPro, it'd be like, if I wanted to capture something underwater or I wanted to capture something that was like just a bit different, maybe a little bit more unique, um, mm-hmm. Uh, just a different kind of just is like an extra tool to have in your bag to capture something in a more unique way in a more creative way you can get in more places with a GoPro you can do kind of more things with the GoPro it's not it definitely has a different look so I personally am really careful about using it within client sessions and I don't use it a whole lot um But mostly for me, it's ever it's if if I ever want to go underwater. And I really debated when I first was um, when I first got a GoPro. Do I invest in underwater housing for my mm. camera, or do I just go with a GoPro? And in the end, right. I decided to just do a GoPro because the um, the capabilities of the GoPro just it suited. It first of all, it was cheaper. But second of all, it was going to be easier to kind of have my camera out of the water and able to kind of switch between underwater shots and out of water shots easier and faster if I had two different cameras for them. And one being the GoPro could be the underwater one. And then when I was done shooting underwater, I could grab over the water stuff with my normal camera. So um, I liked that uh, flexibility in that option. But um, awesome. Yeah. What about you guys? Why would you? Um, I, I'm similar to you. We have, we live near ocean and beach and of course pools and things. And so my clients are in the ocean and, um, when I am in the U S my clients have pools at times. And so, yeah, it's usually for underwater shots occasionally though. And I think I'm going to talk about this a little bit later. Um, I use it for moving shots. Um, if, if the family or even my own family going somewhere, and we're in a car, um, and I'm having trouble with maybe stabilization, or I need a certain kind of creative shot, I'll use the GoPro. And I'll talk a little bit about that later, because I want to kind of dive into that more. Kylie, what about you? Hmm. I'm predominantly for underwater. It's really the only thing that I use it for. Or, um, you know, if I know that um, I'm going to be getting really wet. So say if I'm out in the backyard with the girls and they're playing mm. under the sprinkler or with the hose yeah. and I want to get some really like in the action shots, I'll grab the GoPro and take it out. Or sometimes I'll give it to the girls. Like once we went for a walk and Mia had the GoPro and I was taking photos of her and it was really great to be able to get to compare her photo of that moment and my photo of the exact same moment from yeah. different perspectives. And so, you know, that I think is cool to give the kids that chance to have a camera that is going to survive being dropped and getting wet and (laughs) it's easy for them to use. All they've got to do is press one button to start and stop. So totally. Yeah. But for underwater, I mean, you just, you can't beat it. Yeah, Mm -hmm. definitely. Do you want to, should we talk about the comparison between the different types of GoPros that are out there? So I have the six, 
Allison, do you have the six? Yeah, the six black, yeah. Kylie, which one do you have? Uh, I have the five black. And technically it's not mine. It's my sister's on permanent (laughs) loan. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Look, I think, you know, in terms of the, 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 I guess the the four models that I really looked at is the, the five black, the the GoPro hero five black, hero six black, hero seven black and the hero eight black. The hero is kind of like the pro line. There's like the silver one, but that's, not as good and it's not um with the the black series ones you can just put them straight in the water whereas the silver ones don't have that same capability you've got to have a housing for them um so really i wouldn't recommend getting anything other than from the black range um because they're designed to be you know the toughest ones and they've got the better specs yeah um but i mean in terms of the differences between them the five black can shoot at 4K but only at 30 frames per second, whereas the mm. 6, 7 and 8, they all shoot at 60 frames per second in mm. 4K. Mm. Um, 1080p, the 5 black shoots at 120 frames per second, the 6, 7 and 8 are all at 240 frames per second and um, even going down to like 720p, um, this is where the 5 black gets its faster frames per second. It can shoot at 240 whereas um, the 6 black only shoots at 60 um, and the 7 black is at 240 at that 720 thing. But, I mean, none of us are going to shoot at no. 720 unless we were specifically making something, or I say the web or whatever. Right. <laughs> so in those, in those terms, they're pretty on par with what they can do, whether you buy the, um, from the 6 to the 8. The 5 is mm. where you might lose a bit in 4K, but if 4K is not a problem, mm. you know, yeah. the, the, the 5 black is going to do the job. One of the things that you like compared to, cause I don't normally shoot 4k on my, like my normal camera, but on the GoPro, I like it because I can zoom in. I feel more comfortable mm-hmm. like cropping in and zooming in right. and getting exactly. because it's so wide right. and I'm used to a longer focal length. I feel like that having that flexibility there is a really good thing. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so that's, that's definitely something that if you were looking at it in terms of having that ability to be able to crop in on your footage, then you'd want to go for like the six or above. Yeah. In terms of the, you know, the photo megapixels, the battery life, um, it's underwater capabilities without a housing. They're all exactly the same. 12 Mm -hmm. megapixel photos. They can Mm -hmm. all shoot in raw, um, at a certain, um, I think it's the wide field of vision. Yeah. Um, their battery life is around the same. Um, they all go to 10 metres underwater without a housing. Like the, the big difference um, between the 5, 6 and 7 and the 8 black is really the built-in stabilisation. Mm-hmm. Okay. 8 black has like this new, um, I think they call it like hyper smooth yeah. um, stabilisation yeah. and it's, it's pretty amazing like if you look at the gopro (laughs) promo videos you're just like wow and i mean each each model does get slightly better in the stabilization but the eight kind of just takes it to that new level and with the eight the eight black you can shoot raw in any kind of field of field of view you're not limited to just the wide one so that is that's that's good now yeah with the eight black so if you were you know if that was important to you yeah um, then you'd want to choose the eight black, the latest one. They do have like this eight max one, which um, has more megapixels for photos and it's um, got like like ridiculous smoothing ability um, in camera stabilisation, but that's really, really designed for um, like people that do action sports because it's got Uh, like 360 video and you know, all of those things. It's designed for like putting on your helmet when you jump out of a plane, yeah, yeah. ride a bike down a mountainside, which let's face it, most of us aren't doing. So not today. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I think you could get away with any model depending on your budget from the five yeah. black upwards. Yeah. Awesome. That's yeah. good to know. That's yeah. good. I've learned um, a lot from that. Thank I know. I feel like I didn't know all that. <laughs> It's, it's interesting to me that there, there's they're not a huge amount of difference, you know, especially between that range. 
Um, let's talk accessories. What, uh, what accessories do you love? Do you have, I have the, uh, dome. I have the, which is a, uh, (laughs) a housing essentially that allows you to capture underwater and over water footage or photos at the same time. Um, so it's a cool little device you can use. Um, I also have the go, the, uh, go pole, uh, yep. Help me out here. The stick handle. (laughs) (laughs) What is it called? Um, I don't have anything else though. I know GoPro has like a thousand accessories. Um, that's kind of what I lean towards. What about you guys? I have the one that like, it's sort of, um, it comes out a couple of times, like it's an extended pole. Um, yes. And I like that. That's nice for if I want to have it for farther away from me, if I wanted to do like something with me and a kid or mm-hmm. thing, which is nice. Um, it also allows me like I've in the last the client session, which I'll talk about later, um, that I shot it in. I put the GoPro just directly in the water while I was outside of the water. And yeah. so it just kind of gives you more length essentially to be able to do that. Um, and I also have the dome too. So the dome, the difference, cause you can still shoot above and underwater without the dome. But what the difference is, is that it pushes the water further away from the lens. And so it gives you that like slit view look that, um, is very hard to achieve without it. And so it's right. just that simple. It's like a simple, clear plastic dome. My issue with mine is that the camera, lens itself fits into it and then it becomes a hole and it's very easy for things like sand to get inside Mm. the dome and it's been hard to clean in the past and there are scratches and that's really annoying to me oh no (laughs) that's not good (laughs) um there's different types of domes that you can buy so um just do some reviews on them and see what you like um but yeah those are that's all i use those two what about you yeah i've got the dome i um going off your recommendation to get a different type of dome <laughs> um, for that reason, the hole in the dome, I um, chose a different one and we'll, I'll pop links in the show notes as well to some of our favorite accessories. So you'll be able to, you know, check them all out. Um, but yeah, the dome, I absolutely love. Um, I found it like for those under over shots, it's like essential. Yeah. Um, and yeah, um, we've got like the different straps and wrist straps and things, never use any of them. The only things <laughs> I've used is the, the dome and the, um, you know, like the handle that I've got. The thing I love about the handle is that it's a, um, a buoyancy handle. Yeah. So when I'm actually in the pool and shooting, mm-hmm. um, I can like let go of it and it'll just float <gasps> on top of the water and I don't I have to worry about that. it sinking. <laughs> I don't have that. I need to yeah. get that. Yeah. <laughs> that's, so that's awesome. It is. It's really awesome. It does make it a little bit harder when you're pulling it underwater to film. Yeah. Um, but it's, it, it is really super handy if you accidentally let go of it or anything like that because mm. it just pops back up to the surface and then you can just grab it from where it, wherever cool. it is. So, yeah, it's yeah. handy. Yeah. So another thing that we should talk about, and I think kind of relating onto the dome, expanding on using a dome, if you are using it, would be to use something like Rain-X over the dome. Because one of the things that we find is when you do kind of pop it halfway out of the water, it leaves water drops. And mm-hmm. then you're like all these water drops over it. But if you use Rain-X, which is just something you can get for your car, then right. you can... Um, just wipe the rain inks on that and then it'll sort of drip away and it right. just makes it um, nicer, make, makes it look yes. easier. And so you reduce a lot of the drop water droplets and things. Yeah. Some of the domes, the one I, I don't remember the brand of the one I came with, I can look when we put it in the show notes, but some of them come with, um, what do you call it? Like a, that it's not rain X, but it's their version of it that initially comes with it. But I used up those little pads within like one or two times of shooting with it. And so it's better to just go get a thing of Rain-X and then before you're going to a pool or to a beach, you've just yeah. you wipe down the dome and then you won't have to deal with water drops. And if you do have water droplets, I, I have shot with the water droplets. It's annoying, but like, yeah. it's, it's okay. Fine. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. It's not the a deal breaker. Over. <laughs> no. It just helps. Um, 
kind of move away. And I think I'm even more like it's, I find it sort of less noticeable with video footage, but more so with photos. Cause like a mm. photo is just always there and you're just always looking at it. And so it's going yeah, to maybe totally. then, um, but with footage, it's just kind of part of being underwater. So, yeah. I have another tip for, if we're talking tips for yeah. working with GoPros, um, one that makes us all look just super hot and sexy <laughs> When I, when I take these to client sessions and these kids are like in the pool or wherever and, or in the ocean specifically, like I have to have goggles on. <laughs> so it's just super attractive. Like the goggles yeah. with the GoPro, you just look completely ridiculous. And the if, you're gonna, session, if you're going to be well, in the water, you need goggles. You, like if you, you have to, to because you're essentially shooting blind with it. Yeah. You can't see. Yeah. It's very, very hard to see the LCD um, when you're underwater. And so having the goggles allows for that. You look super special when you're wearing them. One one session, I forgot my goggles and I had to borrow the client's kids' goggles. <laughs> I've worn my daughter's goggles. <laughs> they were like, you're the coolest person ever. I'm like, yeah, let's go with that. Even better when you take them off and you've got like the red, mo- red yes, yes. press so tight to your face. <laughs> Funny though, because like how much you're talking about using goggles, I don't use them. Really? Yeah. Like I don't guide. I also don't open my eyes under the water, but I, even when I have, I've tried, I've used them. I just shoot blind. I just point yeah. the camera at where I want them to be. And I just shoot blind. <laughs> and it turns out just fine. Picturing you underwater, like with your eyes closed, holding the camera. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't go under the water. It's I think, rare I think that it- I would be going that deep that I would need to, um, have the goggles on, but that's just, that's just what, that's just what I do. But I, because I haven't ever found very great success using goggles to be able to see the screen. So I think it's one of those things you got to trial and see what yes. works. And it like. depends how much footage you're going to use as well. Like mm-hmm. I've, I'll link it in the show notes, but a video that I did, it was all in the pool. So predominantly yeah. under right. I, from my perspective in the pool, and in that case, because I was doing, I knew I was doing like at least a minute and a half of video footage, having the goggles was really good to allow me to get more totally. different um, yeah. camera movements and, and views and things like that. Whereas if I'm only using it for like, if I know it's only going to be a little bit of footage interspersed into a film or whatever, then I'll shoot blind. I'll just shove it under the water and hope for the best. Right. <laughs> add to this because I'm like having flashbacks of times when I've done this. And usually what happens is I can't breathe. So I'm holding my breath. So my body is like floating to the top of the water. <laughs> That's the hardest thing. You, if you've got a really buoyant body, <laughs> trying to hold it underwater while the rest of you, like your feet are up at the top of the surface is like, I feel like I should invest in some like, you know, like scuba diving weights that I can put on to hold me underneath. <laughs> I think I could do really good if I had a snorkel. Like a snorkel. I need, I yeah. need a snorkel would be, <laughs> but how much better would that look too? Just with your clients, you're like, let me just get my snorkel on real quick so that I <laughs> yeah, yeah. just go the whole way, get some flippers as well. <laughs> oh Hang on guys. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. Well, so let's talk about, um, well, another tip that we have listed here is um, talking about accepting that the footage isn't going to be as good as your DSLR and not trying to make it something it's not. So um, I think once you get out there and you start using the GoPro, you'll kind of realize this. It definitely has a different look. Um, And so just kind of knowing that it, it... it may not be as good as your DSLR, um, but just sort of understanding the difference between the two. And we'll talk more about maybe how to, how you can try and make it look closer to, to that. Um, so let's talk about settings. We were talking about this earlier and we've all kind of agreed. There's not a whole lot to the settings. Um, so much of it is really just kind of what's built into the camera you can change some things like white balance and ISO and all, but that's really dependent on the environment and the light situation. And right. it's also and okay to leave it on the auto settings. Um, so just kind of play around with that and see what, what works for you. But um, there's not really a real trick to the settings on the GoPro for video. It's more about frame rate. Ultimately you're choosing which frame rate you want to be shooting at. And so 
And that's really going to depend on how you plan on using the footage later. I personally always shoot at a higher frame rate on the GoPro just because I may want to slow. I probably am going to slow it down, especially underwater stuff. Yeah. It looks really cool mm-hmm. slowed down. Yeah. So, I mean, and plus it's hard to switch between the frame rates on that little, the it's little so at the hard. back of the screen. It's so tiny, and that touch screen is yeah, not great, wet. especially. Yeah, when your hands are wet, it's even harder. So I find like kind of knowing the situation I'm going to be in, setting a high frame rate, if mm-hmm. I know I'm going to shoot heaps underwater, then I might set the the white balance to be warmer because, mm-hmm. you know, being underwater really affects the colours right. of it. Yeah. But, yeah, really I try to just kind of set it at the beginning and then leave it because trying to switch on the right. GoPro in the middle of doing something, it's just it's really hard. Yeah, I've changed mine to, I think a lot for most of my client sessions, I do it at a higher frame rate because I know, I know if I'm shooting the GoPro, I obviously have intent to include it in the film. And so I already probably have a plan in my head as to what that's going to look like within the family story. Let's talk personal films for a second though, because I've done a lot with that. And that's a different game for me when I'm shooting. Like if we go on a holiday or a vacation and I'm out with my kids, um, my kids like to talk a lot. Um, and if we're like, like in my, I just put out a film that was about our trip to New Zealand and we were on a hike one day and I had the GoPro because my camera was so heavy and it was a really long hike. So I took the GoPro instead. And my little son was just like, like he wouldn't shut up. And so I, at that point knew I was like, you know, this could be cute. Some of this could be usable. So I just switched to the 24 at that point, held it as we were walking, had no idea if he would say anything cute, but I had that going the whole time. Sound quality isn't great. I didn't have a microphone on that because I'm on holiday. I'm not going to worry about that. It's a yeah. personal film. Um, so in that case, it's a great time because it's, again, it's for me. It's not for yeah. my clients. It's just, I'm, I don't mind, like you said, letting go of perfection a little bit and capturing yeah. memory. And so in that case, I am switching to 24, but in general, it's, it's a higher frame rate for the most part. Yeah. Yeah. So um, should we talk about using this in client work? Um, I, we talked a little bit earlier about, uh, using it in client work and why we would use a GoPro and the reasons why we would make that decision. And so, um, Mm -hmm. I'll talk about a film that I made for a family and, um, the, when I was talking and doing all of the client prep with this family, one of the things that stuck out to me the most was the way that she talked about how her son who um, has had a, a range of kind of, of difficulties in school settings and at home and like his place, his safe place, his calming place is in the mm-hmm. water. And mm-hmm. so I knew that I needed to, whether I started the film in the water or not, I knew I needed to include underwater footage of him swimming in their pool. And when right. I got there, that was one of the first things that he wanted to do. And so he spent a lot of time in the pool and so did his sister. So I wanted to capture footage of them and I brought the GoPro knowing that I was going to be doing this underwater footage. Um, and so for me, then I was able to start the film with that. And it also made it just a really interesting and unique way to open the film that was very different to any other film that I had made previously. And so, um, what's the name of that film, Courtney? I don't think you said the name. The name of that film is the Cooper family film. So we'll add that in the show notes. Um, but I just found, you know, whenever I'm, and we talk about this all the time, but everything with intention. And so if you're using a GoPro for footage, don't just do it for the sake of it, do it like for theirs, there's gotta be a reason. So if that family is really drawn to the water, they love playing in the water. That's a part of their life, et cetera, et cetera. Um, making sure that you have that flexibility to be able to shoot that and be able to capture how that feels for the subject, for the family, then that's just, it makes everything so much better. So um, that's how I've used it. What I, Allison, I, you probably used it in a lot more family films than I have. What have you, have you used it? I, by the way, that Cooper Feldman film is one of my favorites of yours. The oh. Oh, I love it. And you're right. You started with that footage underwater, which is totally unique. So mm. I love it. You guys got to go watch that if you um, check out the show notes. Um, yeah. So with client families, um, I've used it in a few. Like I said, we live near the beach. So if a, 
it's, it's being used anytime there's water, if that is important to the family. But the one film I did want to specifically talk about, it's called, um, I've called it the Tineus family film and I'll include it in the show notes. Um, this family, um, lives on some property and, uh, the property has been their family for many years and it's expansive. And so when you're driving in, you're, you see the property, you're going towards the property, but it is their property. And so I knew that ahead because they had shown me on like Google maps, this is where to come in. Cause it's kind of off the beaten track. And I didn't know, cause I hadn't been there before, but as I'm driving the way they told me to drive, I'm like, Oh my goodness, this is so beautiful. I want to capture kind of the, the progress it takes to get to their home mm. in addition. So it essentially just shows the surroundings of their home. So this is an example of when to use a GoPro or you could use a GoPro um, mm. out of the water. And so I don't recommend this for safety reasons, um, but <laughs> I, I just slowed down the car. It was an old country road. It wasn't like I was on a highway or anything. And I took the GoPro and I, sh- I turned it. So it was completely facing to the sky, like flush to the sky. Um, and I shot up as we were going under trees, uh, or as, as I was driving under trees, just out the car window and I was going very slow. So it was <laughs> not like too unsafe. And then also on the way to their house, there's these corn fields, which during the summer were very high, just huge, tall corn plants. And so I shot the GoPro as I was passing those in the car out the window. I lowered my window and held it out. So that's just this, all of that footage was shot with intent. In fact, I think I made a decision going there just based on what they had told me about their family story, their house. I knew that there, I had to, I figured when I got there, I would do wide shots of the land. But as I'm driving in, I'm like, oh my goodness, this has to be captured. And I'm in a car and I guess I could have stopped, but I liked the moving look to it because it is video. Um, So that's kind of a creative way that I chose to capture that using GoPro would have been way too hard with a DSLR because of the driving factor. Um, so that's one way I've done it. Um, I also used it, like I just mentioned before in my New Zealand film, anytime we travel as a family, um, I bring the GoPro because I'm a mom. I can't, I've got three kids. They're all under the age of six and it's just hard sometimes to manage being, you know, on as a parent and capturing video. So in, when things are harder and we're on the move, I absolutely use that instead of my DSLR. And I'm okay with it not being perfect, but I still am able to capture some pretty cool shots. Specifically with that New Zealand film, anytime we were in the car, my husband was driving and we were moving, it's just anywhere in that country is gorgeous. And I would stick the GoPro out the window. I would lower the window, stick the GoPro just there. And sometimes if it was too cold, I would actually put it right up to the window so you wouldn't get a reflection on it. Yeah. Um, and any moving shot you see in that film is done with a GoPro there. None of them are done with a DSLR. And if you keep very still, you don't get that warping side to side, side warping that you can get really easily with a GoPro. And I didn't want that. So if you're very careful with the way you hold it, you can get moving shots that kind of look like a DSLR moving shot and not a GoPro shot. It is hard, but you can do it so that any moving shot in that film that you see is also done with a GoPro. So that's how I've used it. And Kylie, what about you? Um, I might predominantly use it for my personal work. Um, like I mentioned before, I've got the the um, swimming video in my mum's pool from a couple of years ago, and that was that was actually shot before I had a dome. So if you have a look at that, you'll be able to see what it looks like without a dome. Um, the dome is really awesome because you do get those under under over shots. You you get some cool effects when you don't have the dome and particularly I found that it was actually really good for um, because the water's right against the lens, it it moves up and down over the lens. So it's really quick whether you're above water or below water, which actually works well for um, transitions between shots. There's Mm -hmm. a couple of um, shots where like specifically use the movement of the water to transition from one shot to the next, which is really cool. Mm -hmm. Um, I've only used it for one um family session because I mean most of my family sessions like where I live we're nowhere near the beach the river is probably the closest and um most most of the sessions are in home and they don't have pools so I used it for one um last year which was the first time I had home I loved it because we went to the beach Mm -hmm. and so you know I really wanted to capture 
um, just some footage of the kids on their boogie boards, you know, going in and, um, you know, got a shot of them from an under over shot from the um, water when they were all on the beach playing together. So in that regard, it was really good. But I've got a session coming up in November. Um, They're going up to their grandparents' property and they have a pool up there and they specifically asked for pool shots and in the water shots. I'm really excited to kind of put it through its paces with the dome and actually get a chance to use it um, for its intended purpose, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Well, should we talk about challenges? challenges? (laughs) Sorry. A little delay on the internet there. So let's talk about challenges Um, there because there's quite a few with the GoPro. Um, So one of them that we have found personally is backlight and color saturation in footage. Mm. Um, have you, uh, Allison, you want to talk on this? Yeah, it's, you, you, with the backlight thing, you can get some really cool shots if you're underwater and the pool, there's like light filtering in through the pool. It can be really pretty, Mm. but (laughs) it can also, it's just, it's so finicky. If you turn just a little couple degrees, a different direction and you're, and it's backlit, all of your color is gone. It's almost like you're not completely gone, but you just lose so much saturation. And it's because there's so many things you're having to worry about. You're not really thinking about it in the moment. And then you go back and you look at your footage later and you're like, Whoa, that doesn't look great. Um, like you said, you're shooting blind with this too. And so you don't necessarily know what you're getting. Um, so just be careful. There are creative ways to shoot, um, underwater and capturing just some maybe light on the wall or the way, like Kyla was saying, the way the water moves, you can capture that beautifully. If you see something and it's, it, you can capture that. But in general, if there's light coming towards your dome or towards your GoPro when you're at the water level and just out of the water as well, you have to be very careful that um, it's just not going to look great and there's not a lot you can do about mm. that. So it definitely just, doesn't handle the highlights as well. You exactly. tend to lose, you lose so much detail. So yeah. if it's yeah. full backlight, it's, it makes it hard. It's a good idea right. to like a way to kind of compensate for that is to just try and remember to keep the sun behind you. If you can keep the sun behind you and the sun is directly on your subjects, then you're probably going to have better color um, right. than you would. And I mean, that's a, a thing that a lot of photographers and filmmakers would know from, uh, their cameras, similar thing. It's just the GoPro doesn't give you as much flexibility as a DSLR. Yeah. So you yes. can't fix things. So you just have to be even more careful about it. Mm. Underwater, um, I think too, having the sun, like Alison said, not completely, if you're under the water, if you want to get those rays through the water, the best thing is if the sun's like to the mm-hmm. side of you. So mm-hmm. like, you know, about 45 degrees. So it's not directly in front of you and not directly behind but yeah. yeah, slightly in front of you to get that kind of side light, you can get some just really turn your cool, body a little bit. Yeah. yeah, you get yeah. some really beautiful, pretty um, sparkles on the bubbles underwater. Yeah. Uh, dome reflection. I haven't actually experienced this. Have you guys? Oh, I have. Yeah. yeah. Um, with photos, I have. I have not noticed it in video footage, but in photos, if you're, um, I, I did a beach one where I didn't, you don't know it till you get home. And then you're looking at the photos you captured and you can see the black box mm-hmm. that is housing where the GoPro insets. And it is not something that you can remove. It's too big. Kylie, have you had that too? I have um, only for the first time at Christmas when we were in my mum's pool. And I noticed though, it only happened when the sun was um, more in front of me. Uh, when yeah. the sun was behind me, I didn't have any um, things. And again, it was like you say, it was it was really I didn't notice it in videos. It was in the um, the photos. I was lucky in that most of them, um, the reflection was only in the bottom corner because of where the sun was coming in from. Um, so, okay. you know, I could use the content aware. Yeah. <laughs> and I was able to get rid of it in most of them. But it was one of those things where I'd actually edited up all the photos and exported them and then I noticed it. Oh, funny. <laughs> I didn't notice it while editing. It was only when I got it like really big on the screen and so then I went um, back in to try and fix it. And like you say, some of them you can get rid of it, some of them you can't. But I noticed it predominantly when the sun was in front of me and it was that kind of backlight thing or from the side more. But yeah, not so much in videos, thankfully. 
Yeah. That's with the dome, just to clarify. That's why Yeah, with the dome on. Without the dome, I've never had any yeah. artifacts or anything. Yeah. yeah. All right, let's talk tips for success when grading your footage and matching it to non-GoPro footage. So um, one piece of advice that I can give that I've done in the past when I've mixed GoPro footage with DSLR footage is rather than trying to match the GoPro footage to the DSLR, I've kind of worked more because I get more flexibility with the DSLR footage I tried to match that more to the GoPro footage rather than the opposite way around. Um, and so maybe that means it's a much cleaner look. Um, usually it means just a bit more saturation than maybe I normally would do. Um, but it's kind of just about finding a balance there and understanding that your flexibility is quite limited with video footage as we all know as it is. So just kind of going to, into it understanding that and um and then I I always play with the tone curve in Lumetri and that I find gives me the most flexibility when working with highlights and shadows um on either GoPro or DSLR footage so just working within that as opposed to the sliders at the top in the Lumetri panel so just playing around with that and seeing kind of what you're able to do but just you know, less is more. Don't go too overboard with trying to grade it. Um, but, but yeah, that's, that's my advice. What about you, Allison? Any advice on grading your footage and matching it? Yeah. Um, I've started doing this in the last, just recently, this isn't something I've done in previous films, but just recently I've started, um, like with a New Zealand film, anytime there was GoPro footage in it, and an attempt to try to get a little closer to the DSLR. Um, I added a Gaussian, is it Gaussian? Help me out here if that's wrong. Yeah. Gaussian, yeah. Gaussian. <laughs> Your pronunciation guide for our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we do. <laughs> um, I, so if, in effects in Premiere Pro, you can add a Gaussian blur to any of your video clips. It's just one of the effect options. It's not anything that you have to pay for. Um, so I'll slide down the Gaussian blur effect onto all, every single piece of GoPro footage when I'm grading it. And that takes that super clear, crisp look that's so wonderful for GoPro, and it takes it away. I'm, I'm not degrading the footage. I'm just giving it kind of a, it's like you're just smoothing it out a little bit. And mm. I find a little goes a long way on that. So I would, if you're going to experiment with this on maybe a film you're working on right now, um, I wouldn't go anywhere above 2.0. Start with maybe 1.0. You can see immediately there's a difference and then maybe go up to 2.0 and that's in your effects panel, pull it down and you can just adjust the intensity of the effects by number. Um, And I do find that helps. It just takes that crisp look away. If you're doing it on a clip that's not backlit, it will be a lot more successful than a clip that is backlit. If it's backlit, it looks like GoPro footage. Like it's really hard (laughs) to fix that look. Um, But if it's a non-backlit, it really can help it just look less crisp, which I I want. Um, And then the other thing I do, Courtney kind of mentioned this, is I, I just don't love how super intense the saturation is on the clips. And so I'll reduce the saturation on all the GoPro clips just to help with that matching of the DSLR footage. Yeah. So that's what I do. Kylie, what about your tip or tips? Uh, honestly, I don't do a whole lot <laughs> to it. Um, I think uh, like with um, the one client session that I've used it in, it was mostly the underwater footage and I've, because it was in the ocean and there's a yeah. lot of movement in the water that automatically kind of gave it less of a crisp look so I found that I didn't really have to do um so much to it but um for my one that I shot that was all in the pool the one thing that I found that was really helpful was actually um while filming which was to actually bump up the 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 kelvin so I I actually made it warmer um, because when you're underwater, it's automatically desaturating and you get like a, a much more cooling effect. So I found mm-hmm. the clips when I started off just on the auto white balance and then for the, it started to get a bit darker. So I, I bumped it right up and I found that those bits of footage were so much easier to work with um, mm-hmm. in terms of getting the skin tones right because it, it was 
adding in more um, more warmth automatically, which just so that that's always my thing is sort of having a look at the conditions. And if I know I'm going to be shooting, you know, mostly underwater footage, then I'll I'll bump that Kelvin up to you know six and a half, seven thousand, so that it's it's already warm to start with, and then I can slightly reduce it if I need to. But it makes such a difference for your skin tones. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's good. Awesome. These are really great tips. Um, well, so I think that's probably it for this because, um, I mean, hopefully you've learned a bit from us through all of the discussions here. Um, you know, we love using GoPros. They're such a great tool to have. It's a fun little accessory to add to your filmmaking kit. Um, fun to add into client work, fun to play around with. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can get your hands on one just to try it out first, just know that there's a lot of things that we love about the GoPro. It also has its downsides. You know, sometimes the voice activation thing doesn't really work that well. Sometimes it can be hard to change settings. I find it can be slow sometimes. The battery life is really not great. Battery life is so bad. And a double battery charger. (laughs) I certainly wouldn't uh, plan on shooting an entire client session with a GoPro, but it's just fun to have for, you know, bits and pieces and certainly for personal stuff. Like Allison said, it just makes it so much easier to still be a parent, but also capture video footage and also even to get yourself in the frame too. So there's just a lot of benefits and we can ask questions about GoPro all the time. Um, And we do have plans eventually of, you know, creating a course around this. Um, We had planned on, (laughs) on filming one right before COVID happened. (laughs) But it was bushfires and floods. All of that. And just things got a little bit tricky when it came to that. So it's on the back burner, but it is in the works. Um, In the meantime, hopefully some of the things that we've shared here have been helpful for you and, will give you a starting point to work with. So make sure that you head over to the show notes and see all the um, links there. We're going to give you links to the accessories and things that we talked about, as well as the films that we talked about too. And um, in the meantime, again, call out to us, send us an email. If you have anything you want us to talk about, we'd love to hear from you. We always love hearing um, messages and getting questions from our listeners. So we definitely want to hear from you. Please don't hesitate to email Courtney at filminglifeacademy.com. Um, and that's it. Thank you, Kylie, especially for coming on and chatting and having me. about the GoPro stuff. And Allison, it's always good to see your face. So and you. thanks for being here. And so thanks for tuning in, guys. We will chat to you soon and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.